0: You just clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode number 13, when we talk about where money comes from and how you can get as much of it as you could ever want. Let's MPS, get it. I said, we What's the good news, people? Welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe we're not good with money because we don't talk about money. And I'm your host, the money misfit, Jamar Dupas. And this is episode number 13 where we talk about and take a look at where money comes from and how you can get as much of it as you could ever want. And if this is your first time listening in, welcome, welcome, welcome. I must say that I don't always sound like this. I'm coming off of a little sickness. I lost my voice the other day. Uh, But as promised, I release these episodes every Monday morning like clockwork. And this Monday is not going to be any different. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, This is the show. This show is a little bit different from your typical money show. right? We talk about money from a practical perspective you know, how it applies to our ambitious lives, coupled with, you know, being young, raising up amazing families. And we tackle topics, you know, centered around lifestyle design, marriage, money management, and legacy building. And we do it all by challenging the status quo, right? And questioning the advice that we've gotten from banks and broke people all our lives, hence the whole money misfit tag. And if this sounds like something that you can relate to, uh, you might want to consider subscribing to the show so you'll never miss another. That'd be that'd really appreciate it uh, if you could do that. And it also helps our rankings and get the show out because, like I said earlier, I really believe that more and more people need to talk about money, so it's not such a taboo topic. And you can also head over at yourmoneyright.com. You can check out the show notes. You can catch all the past episodes and even sign up for our newly created Misfits Only. Uh, a section that's currently it's under under construction, but it includes a mini course entitled uh, "The Money Right Road Mo- Roadmap," which includes two of our most popular episodes that lays out a clear cut bird's eye view or picture of what to do with your money. It's stuff that you know financial advisors will charge you thousands of dollars for, and uh, you can get that at no charge. You just go register and create an account over at yourmoneyright.com. And I promise you, you're not going to get any spam or anything else. It's just for that. So yeah, go ahead and get that. Um, but because I'm hoarse, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. We're going to get right on into it, but it has been a crazy week. Uh, like I said, I got sick. I lost my voice As again, you can probably hear I'm, I'm still recovering, but I do feel a whole lot better. And, uh, so that's a good sign. And, um, when we did, we did open that members-only section this week, and we actually had a lot more people sign up than I expected, and also, uh, before we get started, I forgot to mention that we smashed through the 5,000 downloads mark, which is which is nuts to me, you know, 5,000 uh, sets of ears or different listens on the show, that's, that's pretty crazy, uh, I know a lot of other shows get a whole lot more than that, but Considering that um, we don't do any advertising, and it seems to be just a word of mouth type of deal, uh, that I'm super, super grateful for that. So thank you so much uh, for for listening, everybody who's left reviews on iTunes. If you haven't done so, you can still do so. It still helps us. I would really appreciate that. But just thank you so much, for everybody who shared this thing out, uh, who's left me comments, who's asked questions, who's you know touched base with me on social media. And I really appreciate you guys reaching out. And this is the kind of thing that keeps me motivated to keep doing it. So um, I hope today uh, will be another useful one. And um, because, you know, basically today we're talking about where money comes from, right? This is a money show. I feel like we should at least talk about where money comes from. Uh, and what's probably more important is, you know, once you understand this, uh, by the end of the show, you'll be able to get as much money as you want. And I seriously mean that. So. Uh, let's get on, and get let's get into it. Let's talk about money. <clears throat> so where does money come from? I know that sounds like a real simple question, but when you, when you think about it, it's a pretty legit question, right? Growing up, we heard, you know, get money, get money, get money, but where do you get it from? Right? You know, what do you think it comes from uh, the bank, the government, education, knowledge, a job? You know, and if you said any of these, technically, you're right. But the truth is, money comes from one place and one place only. And money comes from people. (laughs) I know know that sounds simple. Don't tune me off. Let me explain. If you listen to the show, you always know there's more to it, right? But if you look at some of the wealthiest entrepreneurs and companies today, you know, what do they all have in common? They all have customers that know, like, and trust them. So let's look at a company that everybody knows, right? Uh, let's look at Apple. Apple is one of those companies where you know, people either love them or they hate them, right? And regardless of what side you stand on, the bottom line is Apple is the most profitable company in the world. But the question is why? A lot of people like, well, they got these cool phones and stuff like that. But let me let me share a story as I always do. Years ago, when my me and my wife and I were just kind of getting started, she was a huge advocate for like Apple products. I, on the other hand, didn't have anything. I didn't want anything to do with them. Right? I was like absolutely not an Apple person. It was all PC and Windows, Android all day. Right? Because as far as I was concerned, you know, Apple was overpriced, and I could just do more stuff with. You know, with my Windows and, and my my Android, I could bootleg my movies and and rip my uh, MP3s. Back then, Napster was was around and stuff like that. And just quite frankly, Apple was just more expensive than than I was willing to pay for it. it they didn't. I didn't see any value whatsoever. I thought it was just a fad, right? But uh, anyway. My wife had this laptop. She's a graphic designer, and uh, in a design world, you, they all used Apple computers or Macintosh and all that good stuff. But one day, um, her, I don't know if she tripped over a cord or maybe I tripped over a cord, but anyway, her laptop got jacked up, right? So the cord and the, the insert and things, and, and it was having all these uh, these issues after it, like, crashed onto the floor. So we need to get her, her Laptop repaired. So we go down to the Apple store. Now, this is one of the first times I'd ever been to the Apple Store. Now I've had issues before with electronics. And typically my experience with electronics is if something's wrong with it, you you out of luck, right? It's like, well, we can't help you, you're gonna have to buy another one. Well, we go down to the Apple store and she hands uh we go to this desk and she hands her laptop to these guys behind the desk. And she explains what's going on, and I'm just like, "This is this is a waste of time. I don't even know what we're doing here. We ain't gonna be buying no other laptop. I ain't got all that money to be buying another laptop. But I know she needs it, right? So I just hush up and I sit back and I watch this whole thing, you know, unfold. Because clearly they're not gonna believe her. She just, you know, tripped over a cord and blah blah blah. But anyway, so they take the laptop and they go behind uh, this back door or whatnot, and they come out, you know, several minutes later. And they have a brand new laptop and they're unwrapping it and they got this new cord and, you know, they're doing some other stuff. They're typing and, and I'm just looking, I was like, there's no way this is happening. And then I'm just thinking to myself, I was like, man, how much is this going to cost? Because they didn't even talk to us about how much this stuff is going to cost or whatnot. But anyway, after they do some stuff, they port some stuff over, they hand her the laptop and they say, have a nice day. And we walk out with a brand new laptop and a brand new cord. And I am just blown away. I, I, I'm just like, what? They, they, didn't, they didn't charge you for that? Are they going to? I just knew for sure we we're going to get like a bill maybe six weeks later, six months later, six years later. I just, I just It just didn't make any sense to me. Well, what she had been trying to tell me a long time ago is Apple had a different type of way they did business. That they were very customer centric and their customer service was second to none. Now, I didn't really pay much attention to that because, you know, I don't I didn't really care. But watching that and seeing it happen, I began to think twice about it. Now it still took me a long time to even think about Apple products. But to make a long story longer, you know, you fast forwarded today. We have nothing but Apple stuff in our house, right? There's no windows, anything in our house. Uh, from our phones to computers to the iPads and even Apple TV, why well, Apple provides services and products, you know, that basically adds value to our lives. Right? We love their phones, their iPads, the Apple TV, and we feel like you know they've earned our trust uh, with their customer service, with the quality of their products. And this is not a commercial for Apple or anything like that. I know it, <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, but their products continue to serve and benefit us. And we feel like they bring us more value than the money we spend to get them, if that makes sense. So what I'm saying is Apple is the most profitable company in the world because they have people like me who they bring tremendous value to. that are willing to trade money for that value. So Apple's profits come from people. So how does that apply to you? Right? So let's look at let's look at your first job, right? What did you make? 475 an hour, 515 an hour, 575 maybe. Uh maybe a little more, I'm not sure. When I first started, I was making uh it was about 515 an hour. And I was working for Albertsons, uh, Albertsons grocery store. They're no longer here in Houston, but I think they're real, you know, popular on the West Coast and stuff like that. But anyway, I was a bagger or a cart boy. Right. Um, and I remember working hard in the heat, uh, especially in the summers down here in Houston, uh, after school and after practice and me busting my tail all week, you know, to bring home $80 in a week. Right. And, and like all things, initially, that seemed like a ton of money. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm rolling in the dough. But like I said, let all all things happen. I soon realized that there was no money at all. Uh, and I remember telling my supervisor about this and I remember telling her that I was like, Hey, this is not enough money. And I, I wanted to raise <laughs> and I'd been there for like six weeks. <laughs> and of course she just laughed at me. Right. Cause she thought it was cute. I think she thought I was cute too, but, uh, as a whole nother conversation. But at the time, um, uh, I remember my mom had worked for Albertsons as well. She wasn't at the same store. She didn't, she, she wasn't a bag later or anything. She was higher up or whatnot. And I remember telling her that, you know, man, Albertson's, they don't pay no money. This is this is nonsense. Why they don't pay no money? And she said, you know, boy, they don't pay you no money. She's like, I get paid just fine. And, and I got a little mad about it. You know, one, my mom got, my mom, my mom got a mouth on it, right? My mom, she, she got, I'm just gonna leave it at that. My mom, she she's real sharp with it, right? She'll cut you, she'll cut you deep with her words. But anyway, I remember getting mad about that. But, you know, now I think about it in retrospect, those are pretty profound words. She says, don't blame Albertsons. It's not that Albertsons don't pay well. They don't pay you well, right? So why would they pay her just fine but give me chump change, right? Why does a bagger barely make $80 a week for the same company, but the store manager will make that in an hour, right? You make $80 in an hour, but I was making $80 a whole week. And I remember a quote by Jim Rohn. I know I, I use his quotes a lot, but he has some pretty powerful stuff. And it's real simple things, but they're profound words. And he says, you don't get paid for the hour. You get paid for the value you bring to the hour, right? And to Albertsons, being a bag boy, going and getting the grocery carts, that wasn't very much value to them. It was only worth minimum wage to them, right? For the work that I did, you know? And they were only going to pay what they thought my service was valued at. They're not going to pay more. As nice of a guy as I may have been, as as cool of a character as I was, they don't really care about that, right? Just like me and you, like, I don't care. I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, right? Excuse me. I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I like good peanut butter. I like good jelly. I even like some some jam, some strawberry jam and things like that. But there's only so much I'm going to pay for peanut butter. There's only so much I'm going to pay for jam. I don't care how good it is or how organic it is. If I can get away with a $5 bottle of organic strawberry jam, there's not much out there going to make me pay $80 for a jar of strawberry jam because I don't value it that much. Same thing with Albertsons. They didn't value my position much. They didn't value what I was offering that much. Right? But then I, you think about it now is, and it's as funny as I, I'm thinking about this is, where did Albertsons get their money from? Where did they get their money to pay me from? And the answer is it came from their customers. So I decided at that time to follow their example. Now this was on accident. I didn't have that hindsight back then. But, I knew that if I could service people, service brought more money, right? So if the customers were bringing the money, I need to serve the customers a little bit better. And I soon learned by accident, right? That if I did a great job bagging the groceries properly, smiled, made the customers feel happy and safe, they would do something remarkable for me. Like I didn't know this even happened but they would tip me right if I bagged their groceries just right walked them out had a little small talk made them feel safe popped their trunk loaded their stuff up they would just give me straight cash now at 15 16 years old this was marvelous right now Albertsons had the problem was Albertsons had a policy that stated that we couldn't take tips uh (laughs) but uh yeah um, but I actually think that because I I would tell people that I said, well, uh, Albertson says we cannot take tips for our service or whatnot. And, and actually, I think it made people tip me even more. But I remember making more money in my tips in a day than I would get out of my paycheck. And again, like I said, I didn't realize it then. But as I look back on that now, those were early seeds for this very, you know, very episode. Right. And what I've since realized in life, that money Comes from servicing people, right? And if you want more of it, you have to find a way to serve more people, right? Period. That period. Dot the end. There's there's no other way around it. Uh, but the service has to be so good that people are willing to just hand you over their money, you know, so good that they will give you the hard earned cash for. And we do it every day, right? Um, We pay for stuff that we really value. And even if you in our you you're not in a so-called service-based industry, you still serve somebody, right? If if you are hired by somebody, if you have an employer, you serve your employer, right? They pay you for work, for the value of that work, right? If you want to get a raise, if you want to earn more, find a way to add more value. Find a way to produce more. If you're in sales, you already understand this concept, right? It's already built into your pay structure. If you're making sales, you're obviously finding valuable solutions for your clients or they wouldn't buy from you, right? Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, understand uh, you can manipulate and you can trick people out of their money and, and you can do all that without bringing much value. Uh, but just understand if you do that, if you manipulate people, uh, understand that that's going to come back to bite you in your tail. But I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, right? But other than that buffoonery, this is good news, right? If, if you can bring value to somebody, you can earn more money. And when I learned this, I realized, uh, it was, it was a freeing thing because I realized my income wasn't locked down by what some random job or career would pay me because no matter what I knew the more valuable I could become, I knew my income could grow dramatically, right? If my income would grow in direct proportion that I would grow. And this is why everyone I feel is an entrepreneur. I got a friend who's like, you know, well, you know, you're an entrepreneur. I'm not entrepreneurial. I said, that's nonsense. We're all entrepreneurs, right? Because entrepreneurs are nothing more than just people who find ways to solve other people's problems, right? And they get paid to do it. Your employer hired you to solve a problem that they had. And no matter what position you're in, right, even if you're in the mailroom, you got the job because The employer had a problem. They needed to process all his mail or they couldn't do it themselves. And so that was their problem. They found you. You offered your expertise. You offered your experience. You offered your labor to solve that problem for. them. And that's why people need to look at their work with their employer as a partnership. You are the entrepreneur. You are the freelancer. And you're offering your services to your employer. Right. It's not a one way street. It's a two way deal. They need you. You need them. Right. Now, there's some caveats to that. Just like I'm not going to pay $80 for a jar of jelly jam. Your employer may say, hey, look, I need you to solve this problem for me and I will pay you thirty five thousand a year will you be willing to offer your services to me for 35,000 a year? And you all agreed upon the services that you would offer and they would agree upon the price that they would pay. So it's not like they absolutely need you uh, and you can go and you can charge them whatever you want. It's still a symbiotic relationship, right? It's a give and take type of deal. Uh, so it's not, you can't just go in there demanding that you get a, you know a ton more money for a a project or a job that they don't really seem as more valuable than what they're paying for you right now. Enter uh, the example of the fast food workers, right? Demanding $15 per hour. Now, I feel them. I understand. You can't make a living off of $7 an hour, $6 an hour, whatever the minimum wage is, right? You can't raise a family off of it. Well, of course not right? Because those jobs are meant to be entry level positions. They are low skilled. They're low skilled jobs. They don't take a whole lot to be able to do those jobs. And those, those companies only will pay you so much for what those positions are worth, right? So if you look at that, you go in there demanding and striking that you want $15,000 an hour, it just makes the customer or the employer look elsewhere to try to find answers to their solutions right so if i go to my store and my favorite strawberry jam is now priced at twenty dollars and i'm used to getting it for five dollars i'm going to go elsewhere right <clears throat> please excuse me man my voice is is all jacked up but i got to get through this right but anyway I'm going to go elsewhere to try to find a, a more efficient solution to my problem. I want the strawberry jam, but I'm not paying $20 for it, especially when I'm used to paying $5 for it. And I've already kind of structured my life around paying $5 for my, my strawberry jam, right? And I'm not saying it's exactly the same, um, but, you know, we all know that these billion-dollar corporations can probably afford $15 an hour, right? But it wouldn't be the most efficient use of their their money, Right, hence the this past week you saw yeah, Wendy's and McDonald's and Panera Bread they just announced that they're opening up these new kiosks and they're gonna you know cut some positions so they don't need as many people at the desk taking your order messing up your order uh, and so they're gonna be doing that. Now you look at McDonald's. McDonald's even have a machine that can make your burger to the exact order. Right, no sticky fingers, no germs involved right? So, so much for demanding more money. It's not about how much you can scream and yell for, right? No matter how much uncle Bernie talks about, uh, you know, raising wages and stuff like that, there's a system to this thing, right? And when you have that mentality that you have to beg and borrow and somebody is forced to give you something, it's a very demeaning perspective, right? It doesn't do well for your self-esteem, and it also, and I've said this before, don't make your minimums your maximums. If you're at a position that doesn't pay you more, doesn't pay you much, it's time to start thinking about ways that you can increase your value, increase your skill set and look for somewhere else to go. We all should be doing that. And if you don't want to work for somebody else, you need to be looking into starting your own business because remember, jobs are temporary, right? We need to get to the point to where we can care for ourselves, with a job, right? And then maybe care for another uh, another individual. Maybe care for your family with a job. But jobs have their limits. Now there are jobs you can get rich off of, especially if you get in early on a, a, a company that's coming up. You you get with an entrepreneur, or uh, a lot of people. Uh, one job that a lot of people overlook that's pretty powerful are executive assistants or personal assistants. I've seen uh, many personal assistants go on from uh, making some of them nothing. Uh, to making quite a good money to starting their own businesses because everything that they learned from the person that they were assisting because the person they were assisting were probably uh powerful people uh that had create great value and great networks and stuff like that and they were able to piggyback on that. But that's from a whole another show. We'll probably do a show on high paying jobs and how to get rich in a job. But uh, back to what we we're talking about when you're when you're doing what you're supposed to do, right? Uh, you're adding tremendous value to people's lives uh, the proper way, money will flow, right? You you don't have to beg for it. Uh, You may have to do some marketing, right? You may have to do some marketing uh, to showcase your value, but once they know your value, once they know you're super skilled and you're good at what you do, people will wait in line. People will knock down your door to give you money in exchange for what you can do, for the value you can add to them, right? Right. Hence, you look at sports drafts, um, look at iPhone releases, look at movie releases, uh, scholarships out for high performers. These colleges want the best of the best, right? You look at headhunters out there that go out and they're looking for people uh, who are highly talented for these six-figure jobs. You're looking at products that come out that are sold in moments. And of course, you know, Beyonce, right? (laughs) You look at Beyonce and her latest tour, these tickets are ridiculous, right? Now, I... I'm not going to pay that much for a ticket to a Beyonce concert. But millions of other people will, right? Why? Because she brings that much value to them. I like her. Love looking at her videos. Great music. But I'm just not going to pay that much for her concert tickets. Just because I don't value it that much. But other people do, right? So here's, here's a lesson. If you're somewhere where they don't value you, they don't value your contribution. Go somewhere where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated, right? You can always move around. Just like Apple, just like Beyonce, there are going to be some people that hate them. There's gonna But those people that love them is all they need, right? Now, I know some of y'all may be saying this theory is a little bit flawed, right? Because you think about things like teachers and firefighters, police, military, and these positions to me anyway are invaluable and i'm a little bit biased because i'm a firefighter right and i love teachers my friends are teachers and and i got a brother that's in the military i got a couple brothers in the military you know and these are invaluable careers right and they're things that we probably could not live without and well i said this before and, and i'll say it again so let's look at the teacher example right so we think about what a teacher does. So the average classroom size is what, 20, 25, 30. I'm not sure exactly what it is these days. <clears throat> Excuse me. But a teacher, she'll have a classroom size of 20, 30, right? And she sees, I don't know how many of those in any given day in any given year. Uh, we know that the numbers are much higher in, in other places, but just, just, just so we can kind of paint this picture, because a teacher only reaches so many people in that particular year, she only gets paid or he only gets paid so much. And this is so much based on what is agreed upon, especially if you're a public teacher. Uh, You agree to offer your services at the price that the public decides uh, they want this teacher position to be paid. Right. And that's the issue with that. Right. Because there's no necessarily direct monetary value. uh, It's kind of hard to price that type of thing. Um, it's kind of hard to charge what your true value is because the value is unseen. You've heard me say this before, the most valuable things in life, money can't buy and you can't value them with dollars, right? My relationship with my wife, my children, uh, my health, these things you can't put price on. And that's why it's difficult to put a price or value or salary on some of these uh, invaluable positions that we cannot live without. But You know, how can a teacher, what about those teachers that do make a bunch of money? How can a teacher be more value monetarily uh, for other people? Think about it like this. If the teacher only sees 20 to 30 students in a classroom at a time in a year, what if that teacher teaches a particular subject and that teacher writes a book? And this book is the very book that they use in the curriculum in thousands of classes across the country and in these thousands of classes they have 20 to 30 other students now see that's when the value becomes exponentially greater because see now before well actually before she's limited to the number of students she has in that classroom but if she can he can get out of that classroom and touch thousands of students in other classrooms that's where the dollars come from right so but why is that the case well Well, really, because if you think about it, the teacher has served more people, right? More than they could have served if it was just in the classroom, just a classroom full of kids at a time. And this is why you see teachers these days going online. They're going online making fortunes, right? Uh, especially those that are real good at what they do. They're offering their techniques and expertise to teachers and parents and students that are willing to pay for it. You even look at some some teachers that are doing extraordinary things, uh, that are getting extraordinary results. They get all types of publicity and information and people want to be around them. There's this uh, one uh, teacher that you see on, I see on Facebook a lot. He, he, he'd be in there dancing with his teach, with his students and they have songs and, and his students are doing real well on all these tests and stuff. Well, why? Well, what he's doing is different. It's unorthodox. You don't really see it a whole lot. And it's getting results. And because he's getting results, he's getting all types of attention. And with that attention, he's been able to reach more and more people. And guess what that's going to do for his particular value? It's going to increase it. He'll be able to demand whatever he wants to demand uh, out of any school or out of any program, because he can show his results, right? He can show his value. And this is why uh an author of a best-selling book can like retire after one hit. They've likely reached millions of people, right? Serving them with the value that they've stored away in a little book they wrote. Um, this is also why like LeBron and, and Jordan uh and Steph, Cur- Steph Curry will always have money, right? Um you know, they'll always be able to bring value uh, because they bring value to people for whatever reason. Some people, they don't bring any value to, right? Like the whole Beyonce thing. Like Some people don't even watch basketball, right? But some people, they live, breathe, and eat basketball. They they buy the jerseys, they they buy the tickets, they go to all the games, they paint their face, they do the whole deal. And these companies out here like Nike and Under Armour, I mean, they're signing these cats for multi-million dollar contracts just to be associated with these cats, right? And this is also directly related to what I've said before is how your network equals your net worth. You know, to have a large, valuable network of people that know, like, and trust you, you've likely had to have shown some type of value uh, to them or for them in order for them to be of any value to you, right? And a large network full of valuable, positive, forward-thinking people would likely mean You'll have unlimited access to whatever it is, right? Uh, you know, if you build it, especially by if you build it by first being of value to them. Uh, this is part of my particular game plan, right? Um, I just by starting this podcast, I've already had, uh, you know, I've already had a pretty decent network coming into this podcast. But I've watched it expand just by starting this podcast and being useful to other people. And like I said before, in episode double I mean, I do have some selfish motives for doing this podcast, and it involves us becoming friends and and getting rich and traveling and seeing the world together, starting businesses, opening schools, and all that good stuff, um... But I've had people that has even tried to talk me out of doing this, saying that there's no money in it, right? Just like, how are you going to be talking to, to broke people? And how are you going to get money out of broke people? And I was like, one, not everybody's broke, right? That's number one. Uh, and I believe in people. But money is not the only motivation. I know we talk about money on this show, but this is not a money-hungry show. This is a show that puts money in perspective. And it puts money in a place to where uh, it puts it in its proper place where it is to serve us, not us serve for it if that makes any sense but uh like i said money's not the only motivation but it's it's definitely not the only type of capital right which i think i'll do another show on later on the, the eight forms the eight types of capital um and I, i'll definitely do that but anyway the truth is this project has only cost me money you know when i look at it from a dollar perspective but i know that it'll come back to me exponentially uh the way i think about it is 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 like this right if let's say if, if I can show somebody uh, how to free up, let's say five hundred dollars a month, right, um, without working anymore. If I can teach somebody how to increase their credit score to eight hundred, uh, never fight with their wife about money, uh, you know, take their checking account from three figures to four figures or four figures to five figures. If I can teach anybody how to create a stress free life, the question is, would that be a value to somebody, right? And would that be of a monetary value? somebody would somebody pay me for that right excuse me and to be I would have right if somebody would have came to me and yes I would have paid somebody to teach me the things that I've learned over the several years but anyway I say all that because that's what I've done with me and my family and let's say just over the next five years right and a thousand people felt like that information and that assistance was worth $500 right let's say if I can save them $500 a month And they say, hey, if you can save me, if you can find me five hundred dollars a month, I'll pay you five hundred dollars a day. Let's say I help a thousand people do that over the next five years. That's five hundred thousand dollars. That's half a million dollars. That's a six figure business. Right. What if that took 10 years? Fifty thousand dollars a year by just sharing with somebody what I what I've already found. Right. What about the other opportunities? What if I never make a dime on this, right? What about all the other opportunities and friendships that can come out of this? You know, you can't put a price on, you can't put a price tag on that. Like we were talking earlier. There's, there's some things you can't put a price tag on. And here's the good news, right? We all have skills and experiences and particular expertise that we can share with the world, right? Or just, just people in our environment. It ain't got to be the world. You got to get on a podcast and and put your business all out in the street like I have. But just think about it. Just think about your life experiences. Think about the stuff you know at work. Think about the people you've helped. Chances are you're probably smarter than your supervisor or boss or manager. You probably got somebody that's higher up and you're wondering, how in the heck did they get up there, right? It's because they understand people. It's not about being the smartest person. It's about understanding people. And if money comes from people, you might want to learn how to study people, right? Right? How to serve people, how to make them happy, how to make them smile, how to find out what they want, how to find out what their problems are and then offer a solution. That's entrepreneurship. That's what it means to be a good employee. Right. We start off as employees. Right. But then you move on. Maybe you go from employee to a freelancer, you know, on a side. Right. You're doing something at your job now. and Your job is probably charging somebody else to do the job that you're doing, and they're probably making a little profit off of you. So that means there's a market for the for the expertise and the information that you have. So what if you can bypass that and go service your clients individually by yourself? Now, I'm not saying go compete with your employer. I know some of y'all have these non-compete uh, disclosures and stuff like that, and you can't do that anyway, but start thinking about that. Look at how your job earns money. Look at what's the most important part of your job. If you work for the private sector, it's all about profits. And you can show them how to bring in more profits by to bring better margins, they're going to promote you, right? Why? Because you've become more valuable to them. That's why sales is the highest paid profession in the world because you're directly bringing in the dough, right? <clears throat> so if you ever wonder where money comes from, money comes from people. If you want to know how to get as much money as you possibly can or as much money as you absolutely want, find a way to serve a ton of people. Find a way to be of great value to a ton of people. Find problems that other people are facing and solve it. That's all invention is. That's all entrepreneurship is. That's all business is. Think about it. Everything that you buy, everything that you spend money on is solving a problem for you. Even if it's something frivolous like, I don't know, cable TV, right? It's solving a problem for you. You got cable because you want to watch sports or you wanted to not be bored. You want to have something to watch in front of your TV while you're sitting on the couch and eating. You're paying for it, right? It's it's giving you something. It's giving you something of value. If it didn't, you wouldn't pay for it, right? So that's it. That's all I got. I hope that was helpful. I need to go rest my voice because I'm probably not going to have nothing left. If i keep talking like this but thank you thank you so much for listening Uh, again like i said if you like what you heard here you think this could be useful to somebody else consider sharing it out right just hit the share button tell somebody about the show we're growing and growing and growing i got so much planned just hear me out just grow with me i know i'm kind of moving a little bit slow for some of y'all but after june we got big plans guys like i said i'm actually going to increase my value uh, for myself and my family We got this test coming up For promotion at my job So I've been doing A lot of studying on that So everything on the site Is a little bit slow going But there's still uh, Tons of value there Especially if this is Your first time listening Go back and listen To all the episodes I'm telling you uh, You're going to be Blessed by it And I only say that Because people have Emailed me And texted me And told me That it's been Super valuable to them So again Today I hope today Was valuable for you Please consider leaving us A rating and review And don't forget guys Go over to Yourmoneyright.com Sign up and take the mini course The roadmap to getting your money right uh, So you can get real clear On your finances and what to do next And then what to do after that This is information that financial advisors Will charge you thousands of dollars for And we lay it all out in audio format So you can listen to it on the go You don't have to sit down in front of a computer screen And watch 6 hours of video You can listen to it on the road You can listen to it while you're cutting the grass You can listen to it while you exercise, and Whatever you want to do It's all there for you But with that being said, I'm going to get up off this thing. Stop rambling off. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, I truly believe we're not good with money because we don't talk about money. And I created this show so we can change just that. Tell somebody about it. Thanks again so much for listening. I love you. God bless. We talking about